true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And we've got more what-if talk finishing out the football side of things. And also, we'll probably start with basketball as well with my good buddy, Mr. Blake Stark. But first, got to remind you all that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your very first order. And you know what? Actually, we have some breaking news right as we're starting to record here before we get to the what-if stuff, Blake. We got a new recruit, the bat signal. How excited do you get for the bat signal still to this day? I love the bat signal, and then I like how they he times it. I guess they wait for the kid to announce it or something maybe because they do the bat signal, and then you just have to wait. And you're like, oh, my gosh, the anticipation. I know. I was going, please don't be another silent commit. I need some I need some content for this here program. Yeah, and the timing worked <laughs> out pretty nice. They, they released it just like right on schedule as we were about to start taping this. So. I know. This is going to help with the numbers. It really is. <laughs> Thank you, Coach Drinkwitz. I love when I can make this thing as timely as possible, especially in the first segment for sure. And I'll tell you, Davion Sistrunk, that's the guy we're talking about, new recruit, Melbourne, Florida, Missouri's ninth commitment in this 2021 class. You know, he's got some impressive offers. That's really the first thing I look for. I don't know about you, Blake. Anytime there's Missouri gets another commitment, verbal or otherwise, I go right to the, the offers. Well, he had some pretty impressive offers, including Penn State, Baylor in his final 12, but he also had listed Oklahoma, USC, Tennessee, Nebraska, among several other teams. So, are you like me if you just see the big boys getting in after him? Isn't that kind of all you need to know in some ways? Yeah, those those offers clearly mean more to me than the uh, the star system. I think the the star system in this case, you know, I guess, and we'll get more into this, but this kid's only played one year of football in his right. whole life. So yeah, one season of actual so the, organized high school football. His this previous season, his junior year, and it appears that this kid is such a stud athletically that yeah. that we may have offered him to play football before he ever played football? That, that's kind of what we're gathering looking at the quotes here is that maybe Ryan Walters offered him, they said a year ago, maybe that's an exaggeration. I don't know. It seems bizarre that he would get an offer before he even set foot on a high school football field, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's that's incredible. That's, I mean, that that's fine. He's five stars. What if he just walks around looking like a like a safety? Like, hey, you could play college football for sure. free. Have you ever played no, football? No, but you can go for to call it for free and play football for us. Yeah, you got to be really confident in your ability to suss out athleticism, I guess. I mean, well, the thing is, he is a an, an all-district, well, actually better than all-district. He was the player of the year in his district in Florida for, for basketball. So that's interesting. He's also a pretty thin guy for his size, 6'2", 165 pounds, listed as an athlete. Just from the, I mean, really, really superficial look that I had time to look at his film. Played cornerback in high school, but honestly, I don't know if I saw the absolute sort of top-end speed and, and change of direction that you need to play to be an SEC corner. So I could definitely see safety or another position in his future. I, I guess they just like his his ball skills, his athleticism, which, I mean, it shows he's got, he had three interceptions and nine passes defended in his junior year, so... Apparently, he could make up for it and make plays on the ball. Yeah, you'd think at 6'2", 165, you could probably put 30 pounds of muscle on this guy and make him 6'2", 
two hundred, and then you got a pretty. Good I just size think you're safety. too. I just think you're too big. Then possibly play corner. safety. Oh, no, not at safety. I'm just saying yeah, corner. I'm saying yeah, safety. Right. You got that. Absolutely. You got to assume he's he's got leaping ability. Yes. And, and those kind of things. Yeah, I could see just that raw athleticism. So totally. That that's where to me it makes more sense too. You can beef him up a little bit and, and have him be a have him be a safety or even maybe a possibly you know, a receiver. You never know. I don't. I haven't seen the offensive side of the ball if he has any experience there. But yeah, I think safety is probably what we're looking at here. And we run that four-two-five now, so we've got essentially three safeties on the field. So sure, know, big enough he gets kind of that safety that drops in the box for us. Um, but yeah, uh, this is this is another oddity is his rivals profile. He's wearing a basketball jersey in the right. picture. Um, I guess probably because he hadn't worn a football jersey yet when they, right, when they, when they took, took it. The but profile. I've, I've not I've not seen that before either. So uh, a kid that came out of nowhere, but from everything I'm looking at, it looks like a it looks like a good a good pull for the for the staff. Yet another one, right? Well, I mean, again, just it seems like the momentum is continuing here, and I got to cut some of you off because I know what you're thinking right now. Well, maybe he can walk onto the basketball team too. Feels like we say that every other year. So some commitment to the football team, whether it's Charles Harris or Drew Locke, especially in the lean, lean years of Missouri basketball. But let me just stop you right there. I don't think we're going to be seeing any Justin Gage or Andrew Jones turns to the basketball team anytime soon. It feels like that era is pretty much over. Yeah, and if uh, we can't find minutes for our scholarship freshmen, <laughs> right. we're going to find minutes for a walk-on freshman. I was going to say we're in we're in deep trouble if we're. If we're to that point of desperation. But you know what? I think that's a good place to leave off with old Davion Sistrunk. We're going to get to more of our what-ifs coming right up after this. But first, once again, i got to tell you about Built Bar because, yes, I have a sweet tooth. And I also have a bit of a spare tire at the moment. i got to be honest. So how do we resolve this subjective value conflict, Mr. Stark. Well, here's what we do. We allow freedom and we let, and the good thing about freedom is you have awesome products like Built Bar, which despite having an excellent flavor, being 100% covered in chocolate, oh, they're not that bad for you. They're just not. It's a good option. It tastes like a candy bar, but there's only 20 grams of protein, 15 to 20 grams of protein in these things, 170 calories, three grams Sugar, three grams net carbs, and that's in my favorite, the peanut butter brownie. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, I went solo on the what-if scenarios for Mizzou yesterday, and I mostly covered football, but there's a few more I want to touch on, a couple big ones involving Missouri coaches. Well, first of all, Blake, this is before our time for sure, but Dan Devine circa 1971 left Missouri to coach the Green Bay Packers. And and my dad and I talked about this a little bit, recapping the 1969 season. And that was quite the stunner at the time. And my dad was, you know, his opinion was he was shocked that the Green Bay Packers being a pro team, Devine was considered a bit of a conservative offensive coach, at least by Mizzou fans. He was stunned that he wanted him. And not only that, Devine was the general manager of the team as well. Pretty incredible stuff, right? The GM coach thing. Has that ever worked in the history of pro football? It seems like and maybe Devine, I mean, I know he's a big name here in, in Columbia, with Columbia, Missouri football, but uh, it seems like the only – coaches that get that kind of panache are like uh chip kelly you know he got that gm coach tag and bombed out when in philly when he left uh, oregon to go to 
Steve Spurrier got it Steve Spurrier back in the day with the yeah, Redskins. Didn't, didn't do well. And then, yep. you know, it hasn't worked for a lot of the college. Like, you know, Calipari got it in the NBA. and Yeah, other, very true. Other places like that. Patino. So, yeah, Patino. They, they yeah, just, these sort of legendary coaches. We can only lure them if we give them the GM job, and it just never seems to work yeah, out. just doesn't work at all. But, no, the what if there for sure is, obviously, you know, the 70s were still pretty good to Missouri. The 60s was obviously the glory decade, but you know what? The Ano Frio eras, we still had really good talent, sometimes up and down at times. You know, I truly would have to ask somebody who knows the era better than I do if, if they think Missouri would have been massively better in the 70s with Divine. Now, you'd think, because the question is, is does Ano Frio still stay around? Because he was part of the Divine staff that, was, that got a lot of these great recruits, you know, the, these really excellent skill players that we saw in that 69 season and that kind of deal. So I don't know. I just think it's interesting. And, and personally, I've always felt that Ana Frio, and this could be another what if too, what if Missouri didn't kind of give up on him in the late seventies? I always felt that, yeah, there were some up and down things, but if you're Missouri and you're still pulling off upsets against major programs like Notre Dame, you're winning at Nebraska. I don't know. I, I just have always felt with the benefit of hindsight and not actually being there then Missouri pulled the plug too quickly on on a Frio. Yeah, I don't have a lot of firsthand experience in, in watching and, and living through those seasons. Sure. But I think didn't isn't the the story is that Uncle Al got fired because he couldn't consistently beat Kansas. Yeah, yes, like, so, I think that's so absolutely why he would, he would why. step up and, and win big games. But that's probably as big a reason as for any. Whatever reason, yeah. just couldn't have consistent success against Kansas. Sure, and, and that's just short sighted to me. And I understand it's it's frustrating when you lose to Kansas, your big rival. And you feel like you should beat them on a regular basis, especially in that era. But, you know, you can't be that short-sighted, in my humble opinion. But anyway, a good, another couple good what-ifs there. And really, speaking of a couple, there's two, in my opinion, involving Gary Pinkle. First of all, what if Missouri fired Gary Pinkle after, say, the 2004 or even the 2005 campaign? I mean, clearly Missouri football would have gone down the toilet we can say that right so if we didn't almost certainly yeah so if he didn't you know brad smith doesn't complete the comeback sure against south carolina yeah let's say yeah the marcus king interception when we're down i believe it was 21 nothing he takes it all the way now it's 21 7 let's say south carolina just scores there and goes up 28 nothing maybe just cruises to victory i could easily see gary not being retained maybe he wouldn't have but Good on Mike Alden for retaining Pinkle there. I'll give him credit for hiring Pinkle, obviously, and having the patience to retain him at that time. Because i got to be honest, when I was doing this, my research for this what-if stuff, Mike Alden had screwed up way more on the basketball side than I had even realized, to be honest. And we'll get to that here pretty soon. (laughs) But also, with Pinkle... Got to go back to 2015 and say, what if he doesn't get cancer, too? Now, my biggest question there is, honestly, look at Gary. He's still, what is he, 64 or something? He could still be here right now, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, You wonder if the 2015 team, obviously all the turmoil and everything else that was going on didn't didn't help, but the the offensive just complete – implosion I don't know or just lack of offense at all and inability to do anything on offense Mm -hmm. after two after coming out two very very good years of offense uh, Josh Henson just totally lost his rhythm or 
I don't know. What well, we happened. lost our quarterback too very early in the season. Matty Mock was suspended. That that was a killer. Drew Locke wasn't ready to to play. Honestly, his true freshman season, he was forced to. And the offensive line was decimated by injuries and just wasn't very good. A receiver, boy, we had no receivers that year either. But it just, I mean, there was nothing. Like it was one of the worst offenses in in the whole country. Yeah. So you, you wonder if and Josh Henson, I don't think has ever. I think he's offensive line coaching again somewhere now. I don't think he's ever been an offensive coordinator again. I don't think he's calling no. plays for anybody. No, I don't believe since, so. Since that happens, you just wonder if, if Pinkle stays around, does he keep his staff intact or does it, you know, does he make the move? So the Barry Odom thing, I think the one thing that he did do that was good, and, and I don't know that it was sustainable either, but bringing in Heupel and just completely changing the offense and, and getting the offense to move and, and click and have some kind of offensive, um, you know, just, just pulse – the next year was was probably the best thing that Barry Odom did. Of course, he torpedoed his defense, which is a whole we've talked about that sure. probably a lot of times. But um, so I just wonder which direction Gary would have gone, and you know, do we uh, do we keep the one thing is we would have still had you'd almost have to believe we still would have had a step back in 2016, and, and to, to a lesser extent, 17 for sure, just because you know Pinkle was here for this. We didn't we didn't totally capture the momentum capitalize on the momentum of those great 13 and 14 seasons those two back-to-back SEC's titles you could just see in 16 if we had done as good of a job recruiting as we had hoped and developing then you know Barry Odom would have had an easier transition too so you got to put that on Pinkle so well you think Barry Odom gets a couple more years as a defensive coordinator at Mizzou and right you know, he, he did good in his one year there um coach maybe coach cool stays around maybe you keep him maybe keep possibly key line d line zoo going yeah possibly and, and if you if you if you just and this is i mean obviously this wouldn't happen but let's say we assume that the same talent the same players you know or at least equivalent players right from 16 and 17 with with gary pinkle as the coach well there we've also talked a whole bunch about barry odom's lack of situational you know, awareness Strength, and yeah. game calling and strategy. So particularly, you know, in, in 16, we had Georgia beat, completely beat. And, uh, you know, the hypo offense just kept throwing the ball. All we had to do was run the, I mean, run the clock Yeah, we out. kept we, snapping we on, the ball with 15, yeah, 20 seconds. And we lost on the, the last, lost on the the last play, play of the game. Yeah. You know, just you stuff, stuff like that would not have happened under Pinkle's watch. You're probably right. No, I agree that that's true. And just to be fair to Odom, too, it's interesting that you say, well, maybe he would have hung around as a coordinator for another two, three years. I mean, how much would that have prepared? Say maybe he takes over in 2018 or 19 instead. Maybe, maybe that's a possibility. Well, maybe he ha- he's more prepared then to be a head coach now that he's had more time to be an actual big-time SEC defensive coordinator and another couple years to be the right-hand man of Gary Pinkle. But – you know, we've kind of heard rumors of how their relationship fractured a little bit once Odom was the coach. I think, so. I think what's more likely is you, you're not you're not hiring a coach during the most tumultuous campus right. time of all time. So that's the if, big one. If Gary Pinkle decides to step away in 2018 and the ship has been righted and Missouri football is functioning like Missouri football had functioned for the you know the previous 15 years under Gary Pinkle, well then you don't have to hire Barry Odom. Then you you know then you can get your choice of. Maybe not not your choice of guys, but a least, better a better right. crop of right. people to choose from. Yeah, then from. you're not you're not ruled out by by half the people just because they don't want to come on board. What looks like a sinking ship. With I mean, we didn't have we didn't have any campus leadership. We had nothing at that right. time. It was crazy. We didn't have an athletic director, right? We right. Why Barry Odom? I don't think like interim athletic director well, yeah. or something. Yeah, we had the I think uh, 
I've already forgotten the name of the guy who was the interim athletic director or possibly the the female. I I honestly can't remember. But Mac Rhodes might as well have been an interim athletic director. He was here for less than a year, right? He was ultimately the guy who hired Barry, and then he says, see you later. And then he, of course, Barry ends up having a weird relationship with Jim Sterk. So, I don't know, I'm... As I've pointed out before, the common denominator in all these weird relationships, these fractured relationships, is Barry Odom. So that's that's something worth pointing out for sure. Well, maybe it's time to uh, transfer to some basketball what ifs. I think we've we've done pretty good on the football side, so we'll we'll transition to basketball on the other side of the break. Well, with hoops, I'm going to try to go a little bit in chronological order as best I can. So. We're going to start with Kim Anderson. (laughs) Yes, not 2015 coach Kim Anderson, but Kim Anderson grabbing the rim for a technical foul in 1976. You know, there's a lot of people that believe that if that doesn't happen, Missouri beats Michigan in the Sweet 16, moves on to its first Final Four. I believe they would have played either Rutgers in the Elite Eight or the possibly the Final Four. I can't remember what it was, but hey, say they magically make it to the finals there. Well, they would have played... Indiana, that famous undefeated 76 Indiana team. So that would have been pretty interesting. So anyway, I just wanted to start there. And another what if, well, that was also one of the either year or two where it was the Lou Alcindor rule where you couldn't dunk. So that's why Kim Anderson was called for that technical foul. He like got undercut and grabbed the rim out of instinct, basically. By the way, Kim Anderson was a great player for Missouri, by the way. I'd just like to point that out. I believe this was his junior year. His senior year, I think he was Big 8 player of the year. Just for a little background there on the on old Kim as a player. But His, man, his name may come up again here in a little bit. I was going to say, just stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's a good tease, Blake. I like your instincts. But you know what? Somebody had a good one. Actually, a guy on Twitter, Mr. Huber 99 his handle. He said, what if Norm Stewart wouldn't have gotten sick and would have coached Mizzou in the NCAA tournament instead of Rich Daly. Well, you think about that season. I, I forget which year it is, maybe 1990, somewhere around there, 89, 90, something like that. Mizzou beat Kansas twice that year, made the Sweet 16, but actually blew, speaking of 16, they blew a 16-point lead against Syracuse in that game. I guess the what-if is, does Norm make a difference there? Am I right? I mean, it, you can't, it's hard to point to sustained tournament success under Norm. I know, know, right? If you have if you have a knock on Norm during his whole time, it's that it, it, it was self admitted, right? His focus was winning the Big Eight, is is winning the Big Eight every year, and sure, he, he put all of his effort into winning the Big Eight, and I think he even said that the NCAA tournament was not his focus every year, right? And you know, the one thing you know, he had so much success and so many wins, and and great teams, and just for whatever reason. Couldn't ever put it all together to win four yeah. games in a row in the See, tournament and make it to the, the Final Four. I personally have never bought into the idea that, oh, well, Norm over-focused on winning the Big Eight. I, I understand that that's sort of become a bit of conventional wisdom or at least a, a theory that's out there. I, I've never bought into that because I don't think anybody's – you know, Duke has won a lot of national championships. They've also won a lot of Atlantic Coast Conference championships, too. They've won the ACC and, and the tournament a bajillion times, too. So I, I just have never really bought into that whole idea, to be honest it's, with you. It's weird. You know, we watched on our one of our throwback things we did a couple couple years ago, and we watched that uh, Missouri 1990 team that lost to Northern Iowa in the yeah. first round and just kind of inexplicably 
you know, that was a game where like a whole bunch of stuff went wrong, but the sales just kind of the, the wind just kind of went out of the sails of that team. The end of the, the season, and, it did. Yeah, you know, we mm-hmm. speculated a little bit during the broadcast about what what caused that, but it seemed like a Lee know, Coward injury for one. Yeah, it seemed like that just sort of in the rumors about Doug Smith and like recruiting stuff or whatever. I think right. we're, we're like kind of brewing. But no, I think that that definitely weighed on the team for sure. But yeah, for whatever reason, it just the it didn't just didn't finish strong in the tournament. So, I mean, they beat Kansas twice that year. Who's to say? You know, if they get that sixteen-point lead, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'd rather have. I mean, it's it's we've talked. It's way easier question to answer than this. You'd rather have Norm Stewart coaching that game. Of course. So. Well, the interesting thing is, is as great of a, co- a coach as Norm was, just for the era, I've noticed when I go into the library and look at old stories in the Tribune. I mean, Norm would talk about how sometimes guys would just like his best players would just check themselves back into the game when they were ready. Guys like Doug Smith and Peeler and guys would basically figure it out on the floor who they wanted to guard, or they'd figure it out before the game amongst themselves, like watching warmups or something. I mean, just the idea of advanced video scouting and, you know, real X's and O's breakdowns and building the wall (laughs) defensively, you know, the, the pack line defense all really, really, we, we had not advanced that far, let's point. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, it's all very, uh, if you're watching very prehistoric If you're watching ways. The Last Dance, there's some validity to, to letting the guy decide who he wants to guard, right? Because <laughs> George Carl for inexplicably wouldn't put Good Gary point. Payton on Michael Jordan until Payton said, I'm going to do it, sit down, old man, and then... No, I, I'm with you. I, I agree there's some merit to it. I'm just saying if, if that's what Norm did, I'm guessing Rich Daly did it as well. That's my point. Mm-hmm. That'll do it for this edition of Locked on Mizzou. Be sure to join us again tomorrow as Blake and I finish out our discussion of the greatest Missouri basketball what-ifs of all time. And also be sure to check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow on Spotify, etc., etc. So until next time, for Blake Stark, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Thank you.